Marysville Treats You Church. We're glad that you're able to be with us today. As we come into this uh, December time, it's the Christmas season, and we're reminded of things that uh, are related to Christmas and Scripture around Christmas. And so we're going to use one of those uh, stories, one of those narratives, historical narratives, to uh, talk about that today. In our world today, it's uh, easy, I guess you would say easy. Uh, you can have your reputation quickly tarnished. And sometimes through no fault of your own, whether it's through social media or internet or you know, people just saying things about you or something happened to someone close to you or by association that you work for a particular company or don't work for a particular company or you went to a particular store or you didn't go to a particular store or you said something or you didn't say something but sometimes it's it your reputation can take a hit again sometimes not through any fault of your own and today's message is entitled Mary tarnished reputation Mary tarnished reputation and our story begins in Luke chapter 1 verses 26 through 38 Luke chapter 1 verses 26 through 38 and while you're turning there in your Bibles uh, we'll be reading from the New King James Version let's have a brief word of prayer Father God I pray that you would help us dear Lord as we look at this narrative that we might contemplate how it applies in our own life. How sometimes our reputation is damaged in the eyes of others. And what does that do for what we can do for you? And sometimes it's through no fault of our own. And sometimes, Lord, it's uh, through things that we've done. We've made some choices. But may we be lifted up today as we contemplate what we can find, what the Holy Spirit can teach us through Scripture today. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So hopefully you've had been able to look, uh, turn in your Bible. I know some of you might have a physical Bible, and for some of you it's an electronic Bible. And ask you to turn to Luke chapter 1, 26 through 38, as we ask you to do. Now this passage at this time is a familiar passage. Some of these passages that are associated with holidays become familiar by repetition, which is a good thing. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, come in, the, <laughs> and having come in the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and all will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, 
and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born of born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. May God his blessing to the reading of his word. Mary is betrothed to Joseph. This concept of betrothal, I, I don't think is something that's common or familiar in our society today. It's, it's linked to the marriage customs of that day. Sometimes people might equate it to being engaged, but it's, it's, it's more than that. It's in that process where someone is, is promised... But as we will find in a little bit, it's when Mary was found to be with child, Joseph thought to put her away privately. Now, put her away privately is a terminology for divorce her. Divorce her. So, this is a more than being promised, it's being betrothed. It's a period of time, about a year before the actual ceremony, and therefore also before consummation of the marriage. Legally, they're in the early phases of marriage from some of the research that I was doing, but it's not just like they were engaged. It's, it's a little heavier than that. So that's what this betrothal is. It's, the, it's a contract, as it were, the early stages of Mary. And during this time, she would be expected to be a virgin. And any violation of that would be an affront to Joseph. She's expected to be faithful to Joseph, but still yet remain a virgin. Now, in 28 through 30 of the scripture, let me remind you what that says. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. I think it's fair to say that Mary's choices up to this point put her in the position that she could be used by God. It prepared her to be where she's at. It made her available. It made her available. And so we want to make those choices in our lives and how we conduct ourselves and our, our choices to make ourselves available to God. But then, in verses 31 through 34, it gets a little more complicated 
And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over his house of Jacob forever and his kingdom and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? If I was to bring this more to the common day, she might have been something like, say what? First of all, I did not do anything with Joseph. And you don't know what anything she's talking about. I didn't do anything with Joseph. And I didn't sleep around on him either. And that how that we would say this? She's, now I don't know that she had all these things in her mind, but I think all these things kind of come into play, and maybe she would have thought about these things later. But she didn't understand how could she have a baby even though she hadn't been with a man. That's what it mean, uh, is meant there by, I have not known a man. How could she be having a baby? She didn't understand this. I don't think we would understand that. How is she having a baby and she doesn't know a man? But then the parts after that is, okay, what's everybody going to think? Again, I don't know if she thought of this time, but I want you to think about it. What's everyone going to think? Because when you would look on into the situation, somebody's going to think what's going on. What are my parents going to think? They're going to say, yeah, right. You're just making that up, discover something you've done. And we talked to Joseph, and they said it's not him. So then they have to pick, do they believe Joseph or do they believe her? And then that makes it look bad for Joseph, too. And then they live in a small town. What is everybody else going to think? Because one of two things happen. The people that are friends with Joseph is going to say, that woman cheated on him. And the other people are going to say, well, Joseph and Mary must have had contact ahead of time, or either they cheated on, she cheated on him. Either way, it definitely looks bad for Mary. And then people will start thinking all those different aspects of the situation, not knowing the insides of it. And you might think that's not fair. And you might be right. But can you relate to how this goes today? People make judgments. Your reputation is scarred based on what they think is the situation, which it may not be the situation. And sometimes it's through no fault of your own. And so the one thing, she did other things, but one of the things that she did, one of the choices she made to stay a virgin is what made her eligible for this great thing that God wanted to do through her, but it's just that identical thing that people would use to undermine her reputation. Because she is a virgin, 
she's able to be made available. But because of what people think, not what they know, what they think they know, but it's not what, what is the truth. Her reputation is undermined. There's going to be people talking about her. And can you relate to that? She did her best. She did the right thing, but yet people are still talking about her. But God is sending angels that are also talking about her and how favored and blessed she is. And maybe you feeling like you should say amen there. Maybe you can relate and say they just don't know. They just don't understand. But God knows. God understands. And see, it's, it's what God thinks about us that matters. So what is God thinking about you today? What about, what about Joseph? Let's get Joseph in there a little bit, because he's part of what's going on too. Joseph 1, 18 through 25. Joseph 1, 18 through 25. How about Matthew? How about Matthew 1, 18? Verse 1. Excuse me, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Do I have everybody confused now? Let's try this one more time. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord saying, through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Well, this would be an interesting plight to find yourself in. You're engaged. Would be bad enough, but actually, they're betrothed. But imagine if you're Joseph and you're engaged. Even if you're just engaged. To find out that your wife, or soon-to-be wife, is pregnant and you know it's not yours. It's not yours. He's kind of stuck. He didn't do nothing wrong. He didn't do nothing wrong. 
Now, why would she go cheating on him? Don't you think that would be what's in his mind? He didn't do nothing wrong, but he still cares for her. He doesn't want to make an example of her, a public example, but he wants to be faithful to what he should do. And so he's like, I'll just have to put her away privately because she's been unfaithful. But everybody's going to know. Everybody's going to know that she cheated on him, but at least he's done the right thing and put her away privately. Because they're going to, you know, she's walking around. They can tell what's going on. But on the other side, if he takes her as his wife, he's admitting to doing something that he didn't do. And that's not going to look good. He's stuck. He puts her away. Well, she cheated on him. But, you know, maybe that's the better thing to put more onus on her. But on the other side of things, on the other side of things is they'll think that he violated the custom, he violated the, what he's supposed to be doing, and that he allowed him and Mary to get together. What should he do? Well, God does something miraculous. Just the visits of the angels is miraculous. And regardless of what everybody else thought about their reputation, God did something special. Maybe your reputation has taken a hit. And maybe it's not through any fault of your own. It might be because you've been doing the right things. You've been doing what God has told you to do. And you might think, how can I do this thing? How can I do this ministry for God after my reputation has taken a hit? All I can tell you is maybe you just need to say yes, like Mary said, and yes, like Joseph said, where they just obeyed. And they did what God asked them to do and say, okay, God, use me. Go ahead. And God did something miraculous. Maybe it took some time before they came back to Nazareth. Remember, they went through and spent time in Bethlehem and then time in Egypt and then come back to Nazareth. Maybe time. But still God did something miraculous. See, not what everyone else thinks is important. It's what God thinks. It's not what everybody else thinks. It's what God thinks. But maybe your reputation is damaged because maybe you made some bad choices. And what about you? We took in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 31. You can refer to Hebrews chapter 11 related to faith. But in chapter 11, verse 31, By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies in peace. Now you might not be familiar 
with Rahab the harlot. Now talk about a reputation. In the Bible, Rahab, in this faith chapter, it says, by faith Rahab, basically Rahab the harlot. The harlot is ascribed to Rahab. Talk about that reputation killer, but she is noted in here as by faith. Because if you go back to Joshua 2 and 3, you would find the story of Rahab where she accepted the spies. She saw what God was doing, and when she saw what God was doing, she hit the spies. She did the work of the Lord. She stepped out in there to do what God was asking and what God needed her to do. She had made some bad choices, but she recognized the power of God and was obedient. And so maybe your reputation has been run through the mire, and maybe Rahab the harlot, it will still stick, even after God does something special in your life. But she's not known as being the harlot. She's known as being someone that God did something great through. And you'll find the name Rahab in the lineage of Christ. She was instrumental in them taking Jericho. And she was spared by the, during the destruction of, of Jericho and those that were in the house with her. So on the account of the world, your account might be in the negative. But with your account with God, you can be on the positive. Because Jesus came, as we know later, he came as a babe. Through someone whose public reputation was sullied. And became the propitiation for our sins, that we can have forgiveness of our sins, so our account can be settled with God. And that's who we want to have a good reputation with. But we've had examples today of where God took someone whose public reputation, through no fault of their own, was undermined, but God was still able to use them. And we have an example, just a simple example, of where someone, Rahab the harlot, who had done something to undermine their reputation, God calls them to remembrance for their faith. And notes them in Hebrews 11 and does other things through them to save their household, but also to be part of the Israelites coming into the promised land. And so today, whether your reputation is undermined by someone else, for things and good choices maybe you have made, and you're wondering, how can I do this? What will people think? Don't worry so much about what people think. Worry about what God thinks. And if you've been obedient to God and you're in favor with God, put it before God and let God handle that because that's the account that you want to have on the right side. That's the account that brings you to heaven. That's the account that benefits your family and your friends and your ministry for the glory of God to have impact for those who maybe have undermined their own reputation through choices that they have made. And they need God. And Satan would try to get in the way, to get in the way of your ministry so that you can't get to them. And Satan will lie to them and say, because of the things you've done, you can't be redeemed. But may I tell you today that you can be redeemed through the blood of Jesus. Can I tell you today that regardless of what the world thinks, that God can use you if you'll say, yes, Lord, here I am. 
Lord, I care about what you think more than what I think about what everybody else thinks. And just toughen up a little bit and let that be enough. And God will use you. God will help you to do something miraculous. There will be some hard times. There will be some difficult times. And you're going to have to wait on God. But you need to trust in God that He will help you through those times. And if you say, I've done too much, that God can't forgive me, say, I will tell you that that's not the Bible I read. God can forgive you. He died for your sins and He wants to come into your life. And so you just need to pray, Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for the wrong I've done. Come and save me. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I want to follow you. Help me to follow you. Thank you for saving me. And that little prayer there that I just said, just accept, just pray that to God that He might bring you into the kingdom. Just cry out to God and that He might help you. Your reputation's not gone so far that God can't make a difference in your life. Your reputation's not gone so far, maybe through no fault of your own, that God can't use you to expand His kingdom. But you just like Mary say, so be it unto me as you have said. Yes, Lord, I will do the difficult thing. Yes, God, Lord, I will help you for the glory of God. And then trust God with the results. Trust God with the results. Lay up your riches in heaven. But may God help you to be the impact that you need to be the others. And may God help those of you that feel like you've sullied your name and can't find a way out, that he'll help turn it around in your life. Because he can. You can get your account settled with God. And you can remember, there's a couple people, Mary and Joseph, whose reputations were sullied, that God used them to raise a son that gives you the ability to get things right with God. Father God, I pray the Lord that you'd be with each one, that hears this message, that they might be obedient to Lord to what you are asking them to do. And Lord, that they would set aside what the world thinks. The Lord, that they wouldn't listen to the lies of the devil, that they can't be used by you anymore. That they would realize, dear Lord, that God can still use them by just being obedient. And for those that think they're too far gone to get back in the right stead with you and to get right in the right stead with those around them, the Lord, that you would squelch that lie of the devil, that they might see their need for the blood of Jesus, and the Lord, that you would help them today get it all right with you what a glorious gift it would be at christmas to have the gift of salvation bestowed upon us thank you father hearing this prayer thank you for being with us today may you help us dear lord to shine your light to those around us we pray in jesus name amen